0: The following program is recorded content created by the truth network it's matt slick live matt is the founder and president of the christian apologetics research ministry found online at calm.org when you have questions about bible doctrines turn to matt slick live for answers taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276 here's matt slick hey everybody welcome to the show Me, Match Look, and
1: you're listening to Match Look Live. If you want to give me a call, we have five open lines, wide open. All you got to do is dial 877 207 2276. Today is T-shirt Tuesday, and uh, one of our guys, uh, Charlie, is developing t-shirts. And another person, Laura, is doing design on these t-shirts. And they're people who work with us at CARM. So we're going to be having some t-shirts that we're going here pretty soon and uh, I'm going to be going tr- oh, there's so many things to do I plan to be working on some new intros uh, for the radio show, people say that they enjoy them the ones we had before and hope you will enjoy those, maybe you can put them on again and let's see, what else, you have nobody waiting right now so you can give me a call, if you want to watch the show, watch me sitting here all you've got to do is go to the CARM.org website, C-A-R-M dot O-R-G and on the homepage on the right hand side you will see the link or the yeah, it's a link. It's a big big box and things like that. You can check it out in order to, uh, to watch me sit here in the office. Now, that's not what's so great, but what is great is the people that are in the chat area. Uh, friendships have been made because people are regulars, uh, and they come in, and yes, there are some obstreperous twits that sometimes come in and act like uh, little children who who want to go... (laughs) And then they don't like what I say and do, and so they try and be uh, juvenile, puerile, immature, and uh, the contrary to being obsequious. So if uh, all that sounds good, because I'm a sesquipedillion, and maybe you're entertained, I don't know, but you can give me a call, 877-207-2276. Jeff says he's a twit. And, uh, you know, I I should... That reminds me. (laughs) That reminds me. Maybe what I'll do... A uh, little, little bit of entertainment value is to read through what we have on CARM called the Slictionary. And there's a... There's a I think I'm going to do that. at least you can find this. Let's see. Where's the Slictionary? And it's uh, terms that I've come up with over the years. And uh, we call it the Slictionary. And so maybe I'll go through some of the definitions that we've got there. Yeah and so here's some of the stuff okay uh, to blurify uh, use to use big words and citations of various philosophical views in rapid succession for a long period in lieu of a direct answer so as to confuse the listeners and make things unclear that's to blurify yeah you, know, you know when I listen to the the uh, politicians talk uh, and here's the thing I would love to question some of the politicians on certain issues because I wouldn't let them get away with what they get. They blurify things, you know. You ask them a question, they answer something else. And then the questioner goes on to something else. I go, no, no, no. Uh, me, I'd say, what are you going to do about ABC? And then they give me an answer that doesn't answer. And I'd say, okay, let me ask you another question. What are you going to do about ABC? I do the same question over and over. And I tell them, I'm going to ask you the same question until you give me an answer for it. I mean, they need to have their feet held to the fire. I really believe in that. I do I don't think we should uh, give them quarter so uh, chicken outism, the practice of avoiding serious confrontation in order to substantiate an assertion, usually done by attacking the person or changing the topic. So actually there's this uh, that reminds me because uh, there's this thing that's popped up on my screen, my computer where uh, people are having discussions and Muslims are are going in and talking about how great the Quran is. So what I did was I just jumped right in, and I quoted Surah 482, which says if there's any discrepancy in the Quran, then uh, the Quran's not from Allah. And then I showed them in Surah 86, 5 through 7, where a man's seed is produced out of his chest, out of his chest, according to the Quran. And I go in there and I say, see, look, according to the Quran, if there's a discrepancy, it's not true, not from Allah. There's a discrepancy, therefore, it's not true. And the first thing the guy did was attack the Bible. And it was the same thing. It was chicken outism. You're not facing the issue. And I called him on. I said, you're not facing the issue. I raised this issue up. And you're just avoiding it, and you go going to attack. I said, now, come on now. Come on. Anyway, here's another one. Denihilation. To deny, you know, denihilation. The state of willing ignorance in the face of truth and not considering another view in an attempt to destroy the other person's view. Also, the constant ignoring of something that doesn't agree with your opinion, hoping it will all go away. Densification, the practice of failing to think clearly due to increased cerebral confusion while attempting to put down what you really don't understand. Densification. Diaperinian: I use this one every now and then. A person who is overly childish in behavior and action when confronted with truth and logic and throws crud at you instead of dealing with the issues like an adult. Then we have things like dodgification uh, and uh, to repeat the repeated practice of using useless statements in an attempt to avoid cha- challenge made against an assertion. Here's an interesting word. Uh, this is a made-up word, of course, fasticulating To speak quickly while explaining a position and saying nothing. fasticulating. But there's actually uh, uh, some interesting words. To fenestrate is to furnish with windows. And uh, To fascinate is to. uh, uh, Fascination is the involuntary inclination to walk quickly. And so uh, I love those words. You know, I I like big words. Like scintillate and obfuscate, cogitate, osculate. So anyway, uh, flabbergast. (laughs) flabbergastrio irritate. To say something that flabbergasts something while also. (laughs) irritating them oh, a lot of fun a lot of fun heresify to distort the truth so much it becomes a false teaching anyway oh i'll do one more look at other callers to rambleify uh the practice of speaking about nothing switching topics and not focusing in order to sound competent while uh really not saying anything so these are all part of the selection area you can go to karm.org and you can read them and a lot of other ones we have a whole bunch of uh, believe it or not we've done a, like a, i don't know how many uh, light bulb jokes you know like how many atheists does it take to change a light bulb zero they like the darkness and uh, how many Calvinists does it take to change a light bulb none he was predestined to burn to be burned out Um, how many uh, Catholics does it take to change a light bulb we don't know you got to ask Mary to do it It, it's all these uh, and my favorite though is um, how many surrealist painters now surrealism is when you take something and you paint it, or you you make it so it's not really real anymore, but it has resemblance of actuality. It's surrealism, and uh, it's a type of type of painting. So how many surrealist painters does it take to change a light bulb? A fish. I love that one. All right, we have for open Lines. If you want to give me a call, eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. Let's get to Colton from Idaho. Hey, Colton, welcome. You're on the air.
2: How's it going, Matt?
1: It's going, man. It's going. What do you got, buddy?
2: Um, So I was recently doing some evangelism, and I got a question that kind of, kind of stumped me, and I was hoping you could help me out. Mm-hmm. So the question was, um, you know, Jesus being the substitution for us, for our sins. And the fellow I was talking to, he asked me, he said, so if Jesus came down lived a perfect life and then died and then three days later rose from the dead. What exactly did he lose? And I told him, you know, he limited himself.
1: Wait, 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 um, wait, wait, wait. What did, you have to ask him, what does he mean? What did he lose? What's that? What does he mean by that? If, if you haven't clarified what he means by something, you shouldn't respond. Don't okay. assume. Yeah, don't assume. Oh, he lost something. Oh, well, that means blah, blah. What does he mean by lose something? I don't get it. So that's the first thing I'd do. I'd say, what do you mean lose? Okay.
0: That's one thing.
1: Yeah. Always Always ask for definitions. Always. That's right. Always define terms. I keep telling people this. It's going to take a kabillion years for me to tell people, and then they learn it. Always define your terms. Ask people to define what they mean by something. Don't assume you understand what they're saying. And you may hear me on the radio. Someone asks a question, and I might say, well, what do you mean by such and such? Because I want clarification. That's all. Okay, okay but anyway, go ahead.
2: Yeah, well, that makes total sense. I just, sometimes in the moment, you know, kind of you you forget mm-hmm. and lose it. But um, mm-hmm. um, the, big, the big question he uh, posed to me was, so... Of all the sins that we've committed, that three days took care of that and no. of all our eternity?
1: No. Nope. Not at all. Okay, so...
2: And I just didn't know how to answer that question, I, I, because I'm pretty it's, new at doing the whole apologetic thing.
1: That's okay. And it's a wrong question, because it demonstrates the person doesn't understand the issues of the atoning sacrifice it's not three days in the grave that paid for anything it was the death of Christ on the cross that's the issue so when so if someone were like what well, you're saying this guy said the three days if I understood you correctly uh, he'll pay for this or that. no it's not true now there are some uh, false teachers within Christianity who teach that when Jesus before his death and resurrection went to Hades suffered there and finished the atonement there that is damnable Heresy. And all who teach right. that cannot be considered Christians, like Joyce Meyer, who teaches it, Kenneth Copeland, who teaches it. We cannot call them Christians. This is serious stuff. All right. So, okay. You call it, go ahead. Keep going.
2: Well, and that's the other thing I was saying, trying to.
1: Trying to. Are you there? Hey, you lose Oh, I'm sorry, we... Okay, go ahead, I think we lost you just for a, sec- a few seconds here. Go
2: ahead. Yeah, I was trying to say, yeah, there's...
1: There's... We're losing you. You said. Oh, sit here, there. let me know. Can you... Okay. Can you hear me? So, yeah, yeah, okay. Yep.
2: Yeah, go ahead. I, I was saying to him it was finished on the cross, that's what Jesus said, it was finished. Good. Mm-hmm. The debt has been paid. So. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like, well, if it was just on the cross, then what's the necessity for dying and um, and then staying dead for three days? And I said it was because of the resurrection to prove that he has power over death.
1: Yeah, just as Noah was in the belly of the fish for three days, so the Son of Man will be in the belly of the earth. Uh, for three days after three days you can't say it was just a lucky thing he was out for a couple of hours and then resuscitated he was dead and three days is about the limit uh, before the body starts decaying really bad and so in Psalm 16 you not let his holy one to undergo decay it's prophetic and so uh, that's that's that reason why the three days okay
2: right. well, I appreciate it. Um, sure. Thanks for answering my questions. Uh, you've been a been a real help. For sure.
1: Sure. Now, what I would recommend you do if you're going to get into apologetics at all is first thing is learn your theology. You need to know it. You need to be able to articulate from memory, and understand how the concepts relate. But you need to know justification, imputation. Propitiation, election, predestination, resurrection. You need to learn these and be able to articulate what they are and how they are interrelated. You need to understand, excuse me, that Jesus uh, fulfilled covenant requirements at his baptism. These are some of the things you need to understand and what covenant is. Okay. All right, buddy. All right, All right Colton. God bless. Hey, folks, five open lines. Why don't you give me a call? 877-207-2276. We'll be right back.
0: It's Matt Slick Live. Taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Right, Welcome back to the show. Now we have five open lines. Give me a
1: call. 877-207-2276. And you know, I, I mentioned something very serious here. And maybe a lot of you were a little bit shocked to uh, to hear that I was condemning Joyce Meyer. And I flat out publicly do. She is uh, not uh, a qualified preacher, teacher of the word. And I'm going to explain why. All right, I'm going to explain why. So I'm going to try something here. I've got some uh, recordings. Let's see if they can work. It's not out to read them. Yeah, there we go. So what I'm going to do is is uh, try and play these over uh, the radio. And uh, there's different ways of doing things. I'm going to I'm going to play this. Now, check this out. This is where she said Jesus stopped being the Son of God. Where
3: well, he said, I oh spirit into your hands. At that point, he couldn't do nothing for himself anymore. He had become sin. He was no longer the son of God. He was sin.
1: All right, now, that is heresy to say he was no longer the son of God. This is an example of her inability to understand basic Christian theology. Now, uh, To say that he stopped being the Son of God is to say that he was no longer God the Son because that's what the term means. In John 5.18, John the Apostle makes the comment that he was calling God his own Father, making himself equal to God. That's what the phrase means when it comes to Christ. So she is attacking his deity. She is making uh, some incredibly bad uh, statements here. Now Here, check this one out.
3: Do you know something? The minute that blood sacrifice was accepted, Jesus was the first human being that was ever born again? Now it was sealed. I mean, it happened when he was in heaven.
1: Do you know? All right, so now Jesus was the first person to ever be born again. To be born again is something that we need to go through in order to become children of God. We are born again because we're sinners. So now she has stated that Jesus stopped being the Son of God and that Jesus was the first one born again. These are called heresies. All right. Heresies. Now, here. Uh, let me just play another one. And then I got some that don't have audio for or just quotes out of her book. So here, listen to this.
3: You know, I was listening to a set of tapes by one man and he explained it like this and I think this kind of gets the point across. He said, you know, why do people have such a fit about God calling His creation, His creation, his man, not His whole creation, but His man, little gods? If He's God, what's He going to call them but the God kind? I mean, if you as a human being have a baby, you call it a human kind. If, if cattle has another cattle, they call it cattle kind.
1: So, I mean, what's God supposed to call us?
3: Doesn't the Bible say we're created in his image?
1: So this is an example of uh, incredibly bad logic and bad exegesis to say that uh, we can be called little gods because this is what she said. I was listening to a set of tapes by one man and he explained it like this. This kind of gets the point across. He said, you know, why do people have such a fit about God calling his creation, his creation, his man, not his whole man, but his creation, uh, or but his man? little gods you see you got to understand something when people don't stick with the Word of God they generally judge the word and they exalt themselves now if Joyce Meyer were to repent of her false teachings okay I've not heard of her repenting of her false teachings and you know people I show this to people they are, They're stymied. So let me ask you guys a question. Are you sinners? Are you a sinner? I'm a sinner, and I'm saved, and yet I'm still a sinner. I still struggle with my sin. It doesn't mean it's okay to sin, but the fact is that this is what our condition is. However, check this out.
3: Come on. I am not poor, I am not miserable, and I am not a sinner that is alive from the pit of hell. That is what I were, and if I still was, then Jesus died in vain. I'm going to tell you something, folks, I didn't stop sinning until I finally got it through my sick head. I wasn't a sinner anymore. And the religious world thinks that's heresy, and they want to hang you for it but the Bible says that I'm righteous and I can't be righteous and be a sinner at the same time.
1: She couldn't argue her way out of a wet paper heresy. Um, To say that she's not a sinner is self-deception because the standard of righteousness is God himself and in the person of Christ it's Jesus. To say, when anyone, anyone when anyone comes to me and says they don't sin anymore, I say, so you keep the law of God perfectly? Right? Now, I've had people say yes, because that's what it means to not be a sinner. And I say, so Jesus is the standard of keeping that law, right? Yes, that's right. Are you keeping the law on the same level as Jesus? I've had a few say yes. You can see the arrogance, because that is obviously sinful. But this is what she's saying. And then when she says... But the Bible says I'm righteous, and I can't be righteous and be a sinner at the same time. Well, yes, you can. Righteousness is an imputation. To impute means to account to another's account legally. We have the sin that that we have imputed to Christ, and he took it away at the cross. He canceled our sin debt at the cross, Colossians 2.14. But we are declared righteous by faith where the righteousness of God is reckoned to us by faith Philippians 3, nine, Romans five one. this occurs to those of us who still have sin Paul the Apostle in Romans uh, 7 uh, 18 through 25 talked about the struggle that he had as a, a man the things he did not want to do he did and the things he did not uh, or he wanted to do he did not And he said, who will deliver me from this body of death? Now, the phrase body of death is really interesting because what he's talking about here is one of the means by which the Romans would execute people. This crucifixion, beheading, running you through with a sword or a spear, or putting you in a jail cell with a corpse and chaining the corpse to you. And then you and that corpse stay in the jail cell until the decay of the corpse moved upon your body and it killed you. Who will deliver me from this body of death? This is what Paul's talking about. He's talking about himself. Yet Joyce Meyer says she doesn't even sin anymore. Wow. That's so impressive. Here, listen to this heresy.
3: The devil thought he had it. The devil thought he'd won. Oh, they were having the biggest party that would ever been had. They had my Jesus in the floor and they were standing on his back jumping up and down laughing and he had become sin. Don't you think that God was pacing wanting to put a stop to what was going on? All the hosts of hell were up on him. Upon on him. Up on him. The angels are in agony. All the creation is groaning. All the host of hell was upon him. Upon him. They got on him. They got him down in the floor and got on him. And they were laughing and mocking. Ah, ha, 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 ha. You trusted God and look where you ended up. You thought he'd save you and get you off that cross. He didn't. Ha, ha, ha.
0: It's Matt Slick Live. Taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, well, welcome back to the show.
1: Four open lines, 877-207-2276. I'm going to replay the last one I did from uh, Joyce Meyer because uh, the commercial came on. And so I want you to hear this. And i got another one I'm going to play. I'm going to talk about this a little bit. It's worth uh, It's worth getting into. So here we go. This is the host of hell, literally on Jesus, and we're laughing. Okay, well, that was supposed to work. I'm not sure what's going on. Why it didn't work? There we go. Okay, here we go.
3: The devil thought he'd won. Oh, they were having the biggest party that ever been had. They had my Jesus in the floor. And they were standing on his back, jumping up and down, laughing. And he had become sin. Don't you think that God was pacing, wanting to put a stop to what was going on? All the hosts of hell were up on him. upon on him. Up on him. The angels are in agony. All the creation is groaning. All the host of hell was upon him. Upon him. They got on him. They got him down in the floor and got on him. And they were laughing and mocking. Ah ha 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 ha. You trusted God and look where you ended up. You thought he'd save you and get you off that cross. He didn't. Ha ha ha
1: all right now here's the thing where does she get off saying this where does she get this there's nothing in Scripture that says this and yet she teaches it as though it's the truth so she supposedly is getting revelation knowledge from God himself telling us informing us what actually went on in hell and that Jesus was there being tortured by the demonic forces this is blasphemy and the anger that I have in my heart for this kind of filth is not, is not becoming uh, someone who who wants to speak politely on the radio because I can't find the words to describe what I really want to say about this blasphemous stuff because that's what it is I cannot and will not call her a Christian not for the heresies and I'm gonna read you in a little bit play one more I'm gonna read you something, and then we'll get to the callers. Okay, hold on. Here we go. Okay, that one didn't quite work. Okay, let's try it one more time. Let's see if I can get this to work right here. Please bear with me..
3: Not really. That's why you've got to get it by revelation. There are no words to explain what I'm telling you. I've got to just trust God that He's putting it into your spirit like He put it into mine.
1: Now she's getting revelation knowledge from God. Is this how she explains these heresies and these false teachings that contradict Scripture? Okay, what I'm going to do now is just read you um, a couple of things. And uh, I'll read you, let's see, uh, yeah, I'm going to read you a couple of things that she has said in her book, uh, The Most Important Decision You'll Ever Make, by Joyce Meyer, second printing, May 1993, page 35, quote, He became our sacrifice and died on the cross. He did not stay dead. He was in the grave three days. During that time, He entered hell, where you and I deserve to go because of our sin. He paid the price there, close quote. Now, you see the problem with this is that, no, Jesus paid the price of our redemption on the cross. Colossians 2.14 says he canceled the certificate of debt on the cross. Jesus said on the cross, it is mm-hmm. finished, John 19.30 but no, she says she went to hell and finished it there. She's denying the atoning sacrifice of Christ. She denies the atoning sacrifice of Christ in its sufficiency on the cross. She denies it. Now, she said in the same book, page 36, the first one I read was in page 35 this is the next verse, the next page Jesus paid on the cross and went to hell in my place then as God had promised on the third day Jesus rose from the dead the scene in the spirit realm went something like this God rose up from his throne and said to the demon powers tormenting the sinless son of God let him go now I'm going to stop here for a sec nothing in scripture says this she's speaking blasphemy let's continue on Then the resurrection power of Almighty God went through hell and filled Jesus. On earth, his grave, where they had buried him, was filled with light, and the power of God filled his body. He was resurrected from the dead, the firstborn man. All right. So that's what she says, page 36. And then on page 37, listen to this blasphemy. Quote, his spirit went to hell because that is where we deserve to go. There is no hope of anyone going to heaven unless they believe this truth, Close quote. She has now condemned all people to hell who don't believe the false teaching that she is uttering, that Jesus finished the atonement in hell. Now, folks, she's a false teacher. You cannot call her a Christian. Okay, that's Joyce Meyer. That's what she has said. Now, if she's come to the place where she has repented, I'd love to see documentation of that repentance. And praise God that, that that's the case. But someone's got to speak out and speak the truth. I'd be glad to have an interview with her and ask her doctrinal questions. In fact, we actually tried to contact her ministry and said, would you be willing to answer some questions on theology? Let's just say that uh, that wasn't received uh, positively. It was politely rejected. All right. All, All right, right, let's get on the phones with Ray from North Carolina. Ray, welcome. You're on the air. Hello? Hmm? Yes, you're on the air. Go hey, ahead.
4: Gentlemen.
1: Yeah, you're on the air. You're okay. on the air. Ma- how you
4: doing? I'm how
1: doing, you doing fine. Now? I'm doing Good. fine.
4: I am. A, oh, I am. A, I didn't know who that was. And I called him okay. and then you said who was it. Oh, you mm-hmm. know that's Blaston. I mean,
1: <laughs> you got that right.
4: You would think with her experience, and you can explain it a little more. But you, you would think with her experience in the ecumenical ex- law, in, in 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 the church and religion that she's been in, that she would know better to say things like that.
1: Yeah, you'd think so.
4: There's no redemption in the hell. what was done on the cross. Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians two fourteen. I mean, there's a lot of scripture says We weren't
1: redeemed mm-hmm.
4: in the hell.
1: Yeah. Uh huh.
4: I oh man! i just denying the, it, right? I, ran, I ran in the kitchen. <laughs>
1: well, here, here's something else. Here's something else yeah. to think to think about. All right. Yeah. The no men, thing. the men of God. I'm going to read you something out of Titus. Okay, this is Titus, chapter one,
2: uh-huh.
1: and this is important. He says in verse five, "I, I left you in Crete to set uh, elders in place. If any man is yeah. above reproach." The husband of one wife, having children to believe, not accused of disobedience or rebellion, uh, the overseer must be above reproach, etc. Not addicted to wine, not a hospitable, loving what is good, sensible, just, self-controlled, holding fast to the faithful word, and he's supposed to be able to exhort in sound doctrine and refute those who contradict. That's Titus 1:9. Well, here's the question. Now, since the elders are supposed to be men, men are supposed to be uh, the ones who step in and do this. Why is it the men around here don't step up and be men and act like godly Christian yes. men and tell her, this is wrong, you should be stopping this. But what's wrong with the men around here that they don't step up and uh, correct her heresy? Well, the failure is with these men as well.
0: You know,
4: mm-hmm. that's my last call to you, was that these women preaching and, and being pastors, and elders, you know, we talked about that. And they yeah. shrugged me. Yeah. I ain't heard nothing from my church in three weeks. They're going shrug me. Why? Because I hit a nerve? Hit a well,
1: nerve. yeah, this does cause a lot of uh, of unhappiness. I'll just use that word. It among does, those people.
4: And you know, it's just sad that in the me. I mean, we got a church of a, maybe 130. But we don't have men who are dedicated to the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. They don't stay up 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning reading the Word and studying and meditating with God. And they don't don't reach out for the things that God would have them do. So we got, you know, we got three pastors, Matt, And it bothers me. You know, I do all I can. You know. Mm -hmm. And I speak to to the Lord. And I'm a single man. Mm -hmm. I'll be 70 Monday.
1: Seventy, wow. okay.
4: Seventy, yeah.
1: That Holy means you got a lot God. of experience. Wow.
4: Yeah, man, I have. I really have. And uh, my, well, my sisters are mental. I've seen the problem and the situation that she's been in all these years. I was with her 20 years. I could not convince her. Matt, you try to convince some woman that she's not supposed to preach? It,
1: yes, I have tried. <laughs> it's harder to... It's, it's harder than reeling in a whale on two-pound test fishing line. You do not yeah. have to stay on me. Okay. That's but right.
4: I've got me. Yeah, I've got to keep me. Well, I know someone oh. else gonna get on. What
1: time do you get all Seven? Yeah. Uh, in 15 minutes, and there's a break. you got to go, brother, okay? So God right. bless. Right. Thanks right. for calling. Hey, folks, we have three, two open lines. Give me a call, 877 We'll be right back.
0: Slick Live. Taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. everybody, welcome back to the
1: last segment of the show. Let's get on the air with DJ from Ohio. Welcome. You're on the air.
5: Hey Matt, I have a question in regards to women preaching. This is pretty Mm -hmm. absent simply because Mm -hmm. we're talking about it now. I just uh, left my church because of the church kind of going left and having women preach. And the one thing that my pastor, uh, when we were talking, he said there was a distinction between women preaching, which is what he called little t teaching, mm. versus them being elders and okay. preaching authoritatively. Now, for me, that didn't mm-hmm. make sense. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem biblical. So, is there, can you flesh that out? Are all elders the only people that are allowed to teach or is it no other forms of teaching permissible
1: and Paul says do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over man but to remain silent for Adam was first created and then in First uh, Timothy 5.17 it says that the uh, the elders are to receive uh, double honor especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching mm. so a preacher is here is at the very least also uh, an elder. Now, so when a man gets up, like I'm mm-hmm. going to be preaching in a couple of weeks, and I take it very seriously. And uh, when mm-hmm. I preach at this church in Provo, uh, church uh, Church on the Hill, I think it is our city City on the Hill uh, is the name of the church there in Provo, Utah, on uh, the first Sunday of October. But anyway, come on out and hey, say hi. So when i preach i take it very seriously because i'm getting into the pulpit. i'm getting into the place where the preaching of the word of god is the word of god Uh, when i'm down there sitting i'm waiting and i'm repenting and i'm confessing uh while they're singing because i'm going to get up in there and and do this job so i take it seriously and so in one sense i don't like preaching because i got to go through this whole process on the other hand i love preaching because i love preaching okay when a woman gets up there, she is in, by the fact of preaching, she is in a place of spiritual authority over the people in the church, and men included, because it's a sermon, an authoritative proclamation of the word in an authoritative official gathering of the body of Christ. So for the pastor to say small p preaching on Sunday is ludicrous, it is ridiculous. Yeah. And I, I, and if he's going to speak like that and think like that, if I were interviewing him, uh, you know, I'm thinking about attending your church, let's talk about this, and he said that, I'd say, well, you know what, right then and there, I'm just going to tell him flat out, I cannot attend this church because I cannot trust you to represent the Word of God yeah. properly, and I'm going to let people know that you're not a trustworthy uh, um, exegete of Scripture and that people should avoid you because you are not standing up for the truth and you're resting the scriptures uh, apart from what the truth of God says, and I, I want nothing to do with, with this church. And, and that's say, Nice right. talking to you. And I mean, I'll say stuff like that because I think men need to hear it instead of this mamby-pamby crap that's being taught. So right. <laughs> anyway, so he's, yeah, I, that's my opinion. I take it very seriously. The pulpit's a very serious thing, and he's, he's wrong for what he said as you represent it. Okay,
5: Yeah, that's the the thing that I'm realizing I think he's influenced by like N.T. Wright and kind of more liberal scholars Mm -hmm. And I've kind of seen him go down that direction And I'm like, I'm reformed myself So I'm like The word is the final authority Paul makes it abundantly clear that men and women have Differing roles They're equal in essence, but they have different roles And to confuse the roles Is to completely deconstruct The way way that God designed Men and women to relate to work out his plan and so yeah that's right I'm glad that I'm leaving because I feel like I was almost contributing passively by being there
1: that's so. right you are in fact if you go to CARM and you look up women in ministry and then you go down you'll find a uh, a track or a document that you can print up it's both sides eight and a half by eleven and you can print up a hundred of them mm-hmm. and pass them out at the church on the way out. And uh, at the. Uh, <laughs> on the oh, I, I've done this kind of stuff. Yeah. I've stood up in front of Mormon churches and done this. Uh, I've stood out in front of Christian churches. I, I've been at one Christian church, I was passing out literature here in Meridian, Idaho. And I called them up mm-hmm. and I specifically asked if we could talk about the issue with the, their women elders. They said, yes, we'll meet. Then later they went back on their word. And I, I went there, and I said, "You just went back on your word. You know, you said you're not going to meet me." And I said, "You know, I'm going, to, I'm going to go to the body of Christ." Oh, you're threatening us! It was it was it was dumbfounding that they broke their word. Yeah. And then when I said, "Now, biblically, I have to go to the body of Christ." I've gone to you. I'm going to go to. The... And then they, th- they interpret it as a threat. And so instead of yeah. saying, "Look, we understand what you're trying to do biblically. Let's sit down and we'll talk." That's what they should have done. And so I went out right. uh, the next week, whatever it was, I passed, passed out literature in front of the church. They called the cops on me. Christian church. Oh, no. And then... Wow. Oh, yeah. And then on the way home, I stopped by another church. This is the truth. I stopped by another church. And it was close to my house. And I would contacted them about women pastors and elders. I didn't hear anything back. I emailed. I went in and was in the church, just happened to get there right as the service was ending. And I ended up talking to some people. I'm going to talk to the pastor about the women pastors. Elders thing. Literally, I was surrounded. I was up against a wall and hostile congregation members were there as the pastor is is, uh, not yelling at me, but he is angry at what I'm saying. And people are surrounding me and I felt threatened. And I looked at the exit and I'm thinking... How do I get out of here? And I was taking martial arts at the time, Krav Maga, Israeli style of martial arts. And I'm thinking, what do I do? What do I do? And finally, he says, get out, get out. And I get, go outside the church. I'm like, woo, I'm outside. And uh, this guy starts yelling at me. The pastor's out there saying, you need to leave, you need to leave. This is ridiculous. I start backing up. Okay, I'm backing up. And, and Krav Maga, there's a way to move backwards with her hands up. I hadn't quite done that yet, uh, but it's not a, an aggressive position. It's just your hands are up, like your fingers are exposed, like you know. It just I, I don't want any trouble, I'm, just, I'm leaving. And uh, so I, I'm I'm walking out. This guy comes up and he starts yelling at me, and then the and he said something, uh, and he came at me, uh, literally the kind of 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 a movement where it's a threat. You know Uh how a man can move against another man? You you, you know, you you lunge forward. You know what that is. And he did that to me. And I put my hands up. And I'm like 10 feet away from him. And he yelled out. He shoved me. He lied right there. The pastor was outside, turned around and yelled out, Did you shove him? The congregation people are now staring at me. This is serious. And I'm like... I could get ambushed right here. I could get beat up by a bunch of Christians. So I yelled back. I said, no, he lied. And I said, he lied. you got to call him out lying like that. And he goes, we're calling the cops on you. You better Get out of here. I'm like, this is insane. This is yeah, at the Christian churches. At Mormon churches, I've right. stood out. You know, it's mormonismchristian.com. I've had eggs thrown at me. I've had. Uh, I've been assaulted. I've been threatened with arrest. Oh, yeah. You don't mess wow. with people. Oh, yeah. Anyway. I
5: think that's just the testimony of the truth. I think that uh-huh. kind of... So. Well, all right, man. I appreciate it. That helps out a lot.
1: Yeah. Print up that thing and take it to the congregation. Pass it out on the sidewalk. You'll have It's legal. You can't block pedestrian traffic or you can't block vehicular traffic, but you can pass out literature to the cars going into the church, going out of the church, and you can print up the thing about women pastors and elders, and you can say, here you go. And it will cause a ruckus, not that that's the the thing, but me, that's the kind of thing I would do. That's just me. Yeah. Now, if you're smarter than me, maybe you won't.
5: Okay. (laughs) I don't know. It's tempting.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All right, man. I appreciate it. All right, man. God bless. Okay. Yep. Hey, Mark from New York, you're welcome. You're on the air, buddy.
6: All right, Matt. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, what do you got? I was calling. Uh, so my my question is that um, we know as Christians that Joseph Smith was a false prophet, and and we know Correct. this because well we could we, we listen or we look at what he says or documentation what he says and test it against Scripture. And uh, one thing that he's he's gone against the church is saying that the the church has fallen away in some sort. And we know that right. Jesus says that not even the gates of Hades will prevail. Right. Um. My question is: Is how do we how do we come across our um, our Catholic friends who try to use the same argument towards uh, Martin Luther uh, when they say that uh, Martin Luther uh, said that there's been a falling away in in the one true church? They say the Catholic Church and try to start up a, a new Protestant church.
1: There is going to be an apostasy. So you need to read Second Thessalonians chapter two and just go through it, the apostasy Mm -hmm. will occur, but it's concomitant with the arrival of the Antichrist. There can be heresies that are creeping into the church, like I read from Joyce Meyer, and there's others. I could read stuff from the other other positive confessionist teachers. You know, God lives on another planet. uh, You know, there's a mother planet out there. It's insanity. So when Catholics start saying that we're doing the same thing as Joseph Smith, say, how so? How so? Are we writing new scriptures? Of course not. We're not writing new scriptures. We're not saying God came from another planet. We're not saying there's a goddess mother. But you guys pray to Mary. and But we right. don't. So please show me, show me from scripture, where it is exactly is that we're doing whatever it is you say we're doing. Always say to them, show me that in scripture. Show me in scripture. Always do that. And then you can see how they have problems.
4: Now,
6: now with that, and, and r- real quick, with that is that, now they they don't rely solely on scripture uh they'll, they'll they'll try to go to other things which which is honorable that they would they they are very well versed in in historical theology um because they depend on looking at tradition um and, and things like that but i i've always found that the one of the struggles with pointing to scripture uh, scripture is that uh They'll, they'll change the argument that Sola Scriptura is a, a false document a false doctrine. Just and, say and this say true.
1: look, just say you can argue about Sola Scriptura if you want but I'm just asking you since we both agree the scriptures are inspired that's our common ground so can you show me in the scriptures right. that's all I'll do I'll say I'm not. I don't accept your sacred tradition I accept scripture and only the scriptures are said to be inspired, could you please then show me in scripture? If you can't show me in scripture, I'm not interested in having a dialogue with you. That's what I tell them. Sure. That's what you got to do. Show me in scripture. Well, we don't believe in the... I don't care. Show me in scripture. Always go to the word of God. Always. Don't let them... Like the devil. Take your eyes off of scripture. Put it onto a prophet or a prophetess or tradition or something else okay
4: all right
6: thank you so much man
1: you're welcome so much buddy all right man god bless all right let's see if we can get on the air really fast with jose from north carolina whom we lost and uh let's see i think we're about out of time here so tom from north carolina the garden appearance of christ by the time you ask the question we'll be off the air so why don't you call back tomorrow if you don't mind i'd love to hear from you uh ladies and gentlemen briefly uh The church is under attack from outside as well as inside. You must know your doctrines, and men, you need to learn. You need to stand up on the truth of God's word, and you need to politely and authoritatively stand on that word and the truth in your groups and lead. That's what needs to happen with Christian men in the Christian church. Folks, may the Lord bless you by his grace. We'll be back on there tomorrow. Hopefully we'll talk to you then. Have a good one.